Hey, I am Jess and I'm obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our bodies to be resilient and so much more than superficially beautiful. I am now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, my friends, and you. On this show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio copy to encourage your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome to December. Can you believe we are here the last month of the year? What a crazy year it's been. I say this every year, but it's it just never is not true. Every year is full of so many surprises and chaos. And, you know, I get to December and I'm like, I can't believe it's here. I can't believe we're already at the end of the year. As we go into this holiday season, I want to dive a little bit deeper into your food journey I talk about faith on and off here on the show. I've started to talk about it more this year, but I would not be doing my story justice if I didn't talk about it more because at the heart of my story and my healing with food and my body and learning to live comfortably in my skin and not just comfortably, but empowered, it was a faith switch. Like God came back into my life after years of not having a faith and completely transformed how I see myself. And so I want to kick off the month of December diving in a little bit deeper. And I couldn't think of anyone better to do that with than my new friend, Juliana Page. Juliana is someone I have met in the podcast space, and she is a force of nature. She is a spiritual life coach and someone that I have just so enjoyed connecting with. So we're going to break down self-sabotage today. We're going to dive into like the heart of some of our food struggles. If this is not like a quick, you know, tips, here's one, two, and three, this is like, let's get down to the root and really transform. So I'm really excited for you to dive into this interview today. Just a bit more about Ms. Juliana Page. She's a five-time author, master certified life coach, and host of the God Vibes podcast. She's the founder of Courage Co., who is passionate about helping people transform their lives. And you can really hear that in the interview. She loves to bring people together and just celebrate community and how we can enhance each other's lives by just being together. She has expertise in film production, life coaching, ministry leadership, and personal development. Paige equips individuals to change their story, activate their unique kingdom impact, and find a lasting fulfillment through service. I am so excited for you to hear this interview. It's a bit longer of an interview than I normally do, but I can promise you, you're going to want to wait and get all the way to the end because it's gold. The discussion we have, like I said, we're diving into the root of a lot of our food struggles, and I know you're going to walk away feeling empowered as you go into this month. You're going to walk away feeling like you have the foundation you need to take your next step in this empowered eating journey. Juliana, I am so excited to pick your brain today. Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome show. Thank you. I'm excited to be fueled. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Now, hey, when I was looking over your website, you have this term, and I already told you this, but I want to talk about it here. Yeah. 
you call yourself a spiritual running buddy. Tell me where that came from and what you mean by that. Yes. I think in the, in the world, there's a lot of folks that present themselves as experts. I think sometimes we even have pressure to show up in some sort of way, like we've arrived Mm -hmm. And I level that. I'm I'm not saying that I'm above you, that I'm more skilled, that I'm more qualified, but I can run alongside of you. And I think that you'll be better for that because we really all need people that can run with us and that can just remind us of who we are and what we're running after and can really encourage us on the journey. So to me, that's one of the strongest relationships. We don't need more people that have got it together and that are doing it right. The people that are like, hey, I'm human too, but I've learned some things and I'll share them with you. So good. I love that. I could just feel that. I mean, my running buddies growing up were my encouragers, my best friends. I mean, we share deep conversations on the running trail. So I can just like feel that where it's like you're in it with your folks. I love it. I love it. Well, we're talking about self-sabotage today, but before we get into that, just tell me a little bit about what you are doing and how you're helping people. Yes. So I, I know we did an interview on the God's Vibes podcast um, and I love names and I talked to you a little bit about your name. So Juliana Page means joyful servant or youthful messenger, which mm-hmm. I think in terms of who I am or what I'm doing in the world, it's that, right? I'm making sure that I am living out the fullness of my identity by the power of God and for the glory of God. And it's really convicting, right? Cause it has you ask the question, like, what are you being a messenger of? Mm. <laughs> Who are you serving? Um, pay attention to your words. They're powerful. They're creating in the world. Really pay attention to that. Hey, have some joy. <laughs> it is your strength after all, right? Like this is a third of the kingdom as well, right? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy spirit. So that's a big deal. Like make sure that you are, being very strong and courageous in how you're showing up in the world. And if you're not, maybe you're out of alignment. So I love just understanding your name. I want to encourage people to do some research into that if you've never even looked up your name. But what I do, I've been coaching since 2008, life coaching professionally. So that has been quite a journey. And God turned it all about him in 2014. And so the journey has been so, so powerful. So I have a phrase called God's vibes matter, which is how you truly align and track with him and all you think, say, and do, and how you start to recognize that the supernatural, right? The spiritual is actually way more real than the physical. And a lot of times what we see in our our natural reality are reflections of a much greater story, a lot that's happening, but I didn't have spiritual intel, right? Like I didn't have any, any knowledge of how to really connect with God or walk in relationship with God, any of that. So that's a majority of what the coaching does now. So I do one-on-one coaching. We have a mastermind program that people can get into. We've got a whole community with prayer calls and small groups and monthly trainings where you can start really diving into this content and starting to experience it maybe for the first time ever. And then I have a podcast called God's Vibes where we start talking about all things God and helping people navigate what is a very personal and sometimes overcomplicated relationship. We, we tend to make it complicated. So yeah. Well, I I love it. Yeah. Well, and I love it. There's kind of this theme of, you said, leveling yourself. Like you said it in the spiritual running buddy reference and here you're talking about like, yeah, this, there's no hierarchy here. It's just, we're having conversation and you're creating this community. That's so cool. Very cool. Now, what happened in 2014? Cause you said there was this transition. Tell me a little bit about what was going on around 2014. Yeah, I 
I'm somebody that's been, I wasn't trained up in the way I should go, so to speak. I am adopted in the natural and I actually have basically three sets of parents that didn't function as covering or as training you up in the way you should go. Birth parents, adoptive parents, step parents. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of examples of what not to do, right? Which I think is great. But I think at 10, my adoptive mom put me on the phone with my birth mom and said, your mom wants to talk to you. So my mm -hmm. whole world up, right. Cause I didn't, and you had know. never talked to her at that point. Never talked to her. Didn't know I was adopted. Just mm -hmm. everything sort of exploded, but I knew things were wildly out of control. But since that age, I was always wondering who am I? Why am I here? How am I going to make a difference? And I've had sort of a sense of urgency on that. Cause I knew that the people around me hadn't figured it out. So I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. So there was a lot of figuring out between being 10 to hitting 2014. But what happened in 2014 was I was in a relationship and I didn't know this is talked about all the time now, but it was not a buzzword and it was definitely not what you Google, <laughs> right? But narcissistic personality disorder, right? So I was in a relationship with somebody that had that Oof. and I never encountered that level of darkness in a human before. Like mm -hmm. I had been around some pretty um, interesting humans that were really struggling and that had a lot of messes going on in their life, but I hadn't seen this level of darkness. And that really started to disrupt me because I couldn't recognize how I was a match for that or how I partnered with that or how I was going to get out of that. And so that wrestle was like, I need help. And this is spiritual. Like this is not even something that I could fix in the natural. Like there's something going on here that is beyond what I even know how to deal with. And so this person, strangely enough, had invited me to church, right? <laughs> As part of the strategy, which I find really, really interesting. Um, however, during that time, there was a ton of messages on grace. And for the first time in my life, I was receiving messages like that from a church. And I was raised Catholic. So I normally would be in churches, but not fully receiving what was happening there because the mm -hmm. spirit wasn't on it, right? Um, and I've always been very spiritual. I would just call that intuitive, growing up, yeah. but I always had sought spiritual things, no matter what season I was in. I always start with, I would look, I would explore that way. I'm like, this is, there's mentors here somewhere. Right. But I hadn't seen a lot of examples, uh, especially mm -hmm. not women, you know? So at any rate, I was able to hear and receive these messages on grace. And I was hungry for that. I was like, I am tired of moving across the country. I'm tired of doing these big exploits. I'm tired of starting over and over and over, or even encountering people that massively betray you and feeling like now what and I have to start over again and like none of that is amounting to anything like in my mind like there should be progress there should be and I literally did start crying and I hadn't cried for years of my life right so I'm like sitting here dude is totally oblivious sitting next to him and trying chatting the whole god encounter and I'm just like help like I just want to know that you're real that you see me that like life doesn't have to be this hard and that you know, I, I can walk in a path that is so much better than what I've been living. Like I'm tired of being the one with all the answers. I'm tired mm -hmm. of being the one that gets humble seek of God. Like I had never really been on before, you know, like really basic though, like go buy a Bible, start reading it. <laughs> right. Got to start somewhere. Start serving. Like I started serving in a recovery ministry, which I just think is hilarious. It's almost like God putting a joke on me. It's like, Hey, like, I know at this point in your life, you'll show up for other people in a way that you might not show up for yourself. So we're going to put you over here and make sure you show up. <laughs> I love it. But he was, he was doing heart surgery while I was leading people through recovery. And it was very, very powerful because he turned me into 
a prayer warrior. He showed me a journey of what healing looks like with him a day at a time. Right. And it was very, very powerful. So that all started back then. Wow. That's really, that's incredible. I mean, I love how he put you where you were supposed to be, where you knew you couldn't run from. Right. And he's yes, like, that was really gonna- it. I'm a runner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so incredible. So I I do want to hear more about your take on self-sabotage and like in that relationship, was that showing up at all? Or where did you come to learn more about how to overcome some of, some of that natural self-sabotage that pops up? Yes. So I, I am a big advocate of self mastery, but self mastery with God, right? Because I'm not an advocate of being full of self (laughs) because that gets us in trouble or trying to navigate, you know, healing by yourself, right? Because when we look at our life and our past without God in it, we usually don't end up in good places. We usually end mm-hmm. up in depression, anxiety, guilt, shame, unforgiveness, resentment, so many ugly places. But when you look with God, he shows you where he was in that. And he writes your, he just rewrites your whole story when you can do yeah. it with him. So really, really powerful. But I think self-sabotage to me is all of the ways that we get in the way of our progress, of our development, of who we're on this planet to be. And we overcomplicate life. We go through a lot of unnecessary suffering. Like life is going to be hard, but we make it way, way more challenging on ourselves. And we, at the heart of it, are coming from a place of self-hate, not Mm self-love. And that's where it's coming from. It's coming from, I don't accept myself. I'm trying to fix or morph or shift myself into a version that would be acceptable. And usually that's to whoever you're around, right? Like I'm trying to do that at work. I'm trying to do that with my partner. I'm trying to do that for my kids. I'm trying to do that for God. Like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like contort myself into somebody that would finally be worthy or finally be acceptable, ultimately not believing that you are and that Mm. you are significant, right? So from that fear, from these lies, we start behaving in ways that sabotage ourselves, that, that literally break us down and diminish who we're on this earth to be. So self-mastery on the flip side is how you actually, this is why I'm saying it's self-mastery with God, but this is how you start mastering who God says you are. This is how you start coming into the fullness of your identity. This is how you start walking into the purpose that he has uniquely for you on the earth. It's how you start taking steps of faith towards this destiny that's on your life. It's how you really get activated into what's true, not what's a lie. Right. So instead of diminishing yourself, you're starting to evolve into yourself. We are a new creation. We're just learning how to be one in the world. We're not trying to go find ourselves. We're trying to just to own who we are and be more of that in the world. Right. And God gives us ways to do that. The fruit of the spirit. Right. He gives us the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into all truth. Like he literally starts guiding and establishing our steps. He'll lead us to programs, to teachers, to podcasts, to different training that we need to get the skills to, to really grow up in him is what I like to say. Right. Yes. Yes. So good. Uh, One of the things I like, you're really drawing this distinction between like, and I, I don't know. There's this weird gray line in our world right now where it's like self-love, right? Yes. And that can go like different directions, right? So, and you're talking about like, you want to find self-love, but not be of self, right? right. You want to build like your self-mastery with God, not necessarily self-mastery with ourselves. Talk to me a little bit about like the differences between those two. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I feel like I can do a show and tell moment. <laughs> so, I don't know if you can see this, but it's like a little like fun cross and it's like all beat up. 
Yeah, but yeah. The scripture that says Psalm one twelve seven, she confidently trusts in the Lord to take care of her. So I used to have this on like a little um, orchid plant in my bathroom, and I would brush my teeth and stare at that thing, and I'm like laughing at this instead of like laughing without fear of your future. Like I'm laughing at that promise because I'm like I have no idea how that could ever be possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, how could I like get to such a place where I'm not freaked out about my future? Cause I, I joke that I used to future trip, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what anxiety is. It's future tripping or it's starting to look at your future without God in it. So you start coming yes. up with like ABCDEFG and you're trying to like literally control a life that's unmanageable, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you can't, you were never supposed to be God. Right. So yeah. to me, I bring that up because that's sort of the nature of where self-sabotage comes from. We are actually designed to depend on God. We're not designed to be independent, self-sufficient, self-made, whatever the the phrases are, right? We're not designed to do that. And when we start operating that way, we start falling apart. Mm-hmm. We start breaking, right? So in an example to that relationship that I was in to answer that question, right? Like I was overlooking things because I wanted to give somebody the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. which was not wisdom, right? Or I was excusing faults that were actual character flaws. Yeah. Right. Or I was trying to pursue something that this person didn't have the capacity to give. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, I call it looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. So I literally, when, when God wants to change your life, he sends a person. And when the enemy wants to change your life, he sends a person. Right. So to me, I wasn't listening to the wisdom. I wasn't listening to the guidance. And I had really learned how to do this because I was raised with somebody struggling from alcoholism, really all the isms, alcoholism, workaholism, rebellionism, <laughs> all of that, all, all of them. that in home. Like all <laughs> the dysfunction was there. Right. So I'd really learned how to do those things to survive. And so this relationship came in to be like, Hey, you didn't learn godly love. You learned what you thought love was, but this was never what love is. Mm. This is survival. Right. And so that relationship, which is funny because this person's name is Israel, which means to wrestle with God and win. Mm. So this person came into my life to help me wrestle with God and win. That's so cool. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> so at any rate, um, sabotage for me was socially acceptable. Yeah. Right. Like you're kind to people, you're good hearted, but it doesn't help you to be wise and discerning. It doesn't help you to be confrontational when you need to. It doesn't help you to set the right boundaries. It doesn't help you to really show up and advocate for yourself. And so I had learned how to advocate for people, but not myself. And so in that relationship, like all everything crumbled because all of those ways that I was showing up were not going to serve my future. And it was a pivotal moment to be like, hey, (laughs) you're continuing to get blindsided or betrayed because you're giving love to people who don't love you. Mm. And I was like, ouch. Right. It's like, now I need you to know what real love is so that you live completely different. You live from it. You're not living for it. Mm. Oh, that's good. So say that again. Say that one more time. Yeah. Like I need to basically bring you into relationship with me. Like God, this is God saying this to me so that you live from love, God's love. Right. And not for it. Because when Mm -hmm. we are constantly trying to get love, we keep putting ourselves in environments and these could be job situations in relationships in friendships in dynamics that are not healthy and we keep getting hurt. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really do not like the lie that says that you have to keep putting yourself in, in positions to learn these lessons. I'm like, no, you just, you need to pass the test is really what needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. right? You need to grow up. Actually, you need to become responsible and accountable and start working 
the wisdom out in your life. Right. So I think to me, it was like, Hey, like you got yourself here by these ways. Like you could see this person as a villain in your story. You could see how you partnered with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it was a beautiful example of how the enemy shows up in your life. And I was like, okay, like the if the enemy was going to operate as a spirit behind a person, I met him. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, now that makes me really activated in spiritual warfare. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I can see what that spirit is before I'll even do anything mm-hmm. else. Right. I don't yeah. need to go out to make sure. Like I just know and I can keep it moving. Right. Yeah. And I know what to do when I encounter really uncomfortable things now. So hopefully that starts to answer it. But I think with self-sabotage and starting to learn how, how to walk out mastery, you really do take it a day at a time, a step at a time, a moment at a time, but it comes from humility. Like any time that I'm reading the word of God, it's a mirror. It's always reading you. Right. But when I'm reading it, it's never about other people. Like, I think we want to go in and be like, this person is horrible. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we want to come in in that angle and God's like, Hey, like what's going on in your heart? And you're like, wait a minute. This is not about me, that person though, right? <laughs> God's like, hey, like what lies have you been believing? Mm-hmm. Hey, like that emotion, it actually isn't bringing life. Let's process that together, right? Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. see what it's showing that's being stored up in your heart right now that maybe needs to be released to me. Now's a good time to work on that. And you're like, oh, <sighs> I'm, like, you just I'm exposed. Like, right, like the wonderful counselor gets you, you know? So to me, I think that that's what self-mastery starts to look like. It's taking radical responsibility for your life and walking out obedience. And I have, because I know that this is probably helpful to folks in your community, I have redefined what responsibility means to me because I took on a lot of false responsibility. Oh, tell me. Break, well, yeah. What was the false responsibility? Start with that. So false, false responsibility is making excuses for other people and overlooking their faults and their behaviors or giving them allowances to keep making messes um, because of as you can imagine, like you're dealing with somebody that's struggling with an addiction, it's really messy. And so you kind of learn how to tolerate it when you were never supposed to tolerate it. Um, but that's really, really hard to walk through. Or, um, for example, too, like if both parents are absent from the home, I had to become one at 10, Mm -hmm. right? Like one is out working. The other one is, we don't really know, just not stable. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Then, then who's, taking responsibility for the home. Right. And I had an older sister. She was about two and a half years older that was choosing the rebellious path. And then I had a younger sister that was seven and a half years younger at the time. It was an infant. So to me, it was like, who's going to make sure that this is okay. Right. And now I'm like going to school. I'm still trying to figure out like, who am I as a human? Do I have needs? I don't know. Right. Like you don't have a language or a grid. So false taking on what you should have been shielded or covered from. I love that. And I see that actually, I'm so glad you hit on this because so often the people I work with, like want to create space for them to take care of themselves, but they're so covered in like, well, it's my responsibility to do all these other things. We almost get into that savior syndrome space where we think it's our responsibility to save everyone, save our family, save and whatever save looks like, right? Like that's yes. going to be unique to each situation. But I love what you're saying here. Cause you're saying like, that's not actually our responsibility. Yeah. No. And this is where you learn um, actual words for these things. People pleasing, codependency. Mm-hmm. These are the expressions of taking mm-hmm. on somebody else's responsibility. So for example, you are responsible for what you're thinking, what you're feeling, how you're processing things and how you behave and show up in the world. Mm-hmm. That's But the same is true of somebody else. They are responsible for what right. they are thinking, what they are feeling, what they are processing and how they show up. For example, when people say, you made me feel, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. 
Uh, yes. I'm so, that is such a hard lesson to learn. Yes. And I think I know in my journey, I'm such an impact. Like when people cry, yes. I cry with them when they laugh. I'm like, I don't know what we're yeah. laughing at, but I'm laughing yeah. with you. You know, like I, I can yes. just feel other people's emotion on a cellular level. And yes. what's really like was hard for me. was to come to the space of like, wait, but if they feel something that maybe like, it's not my responsibility to fix it. It's my responsibility to show up and be an encourager, be a supporter, be a light, but it is not my job to flip that switch in their head. Like that is actually their responsibility. And I think if more people could accept that, we'd be like, oh, take a deep breath and not yeah. feel so heavy with all of the yeah. things going on in the world. Yeah. So in this example too, right? Like if, if for some reason somebody is is hurt by what you're sharing that that's on you to actually have that conviction. If you're convicted about that and really process, okay, was the heart of what I said off? Like, was I trying yes. to be right? Was I trying to prove right. a point the motive off? Like, was my delivery? Okay. Like, was the tone? Okay. Was the timing? Okay. Like there is a lot of responsibility in order to communicate something to somebody, but in terms of them feeling some kind of way, you can be okay with them having feelings. You can feel okay with them not liking what you said. Like that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not an ultimatum. It's not the end of the world. Like that's a process and that's yes. okay. Yes. So when it comes to responsibility, how I have defined it now, it's my ability to respond well to life, right? Mm. My ability to respond, right? When you see response, able, like, Love it. <laughs> I am able to respond well to life. So then this helps me see boundaries in a really healthy way, right? Okay. If I can't respond well right now, like if I'm super emotional, if I'm like caught up in my head, not the time to have a serious conversation, right? Or if I am feeling at capacity in a season, this is not my time to keep saying yes to more things, mm -hmm. right? This is my time to use my no mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes. actually start like removing things from my plate. So I can really focus in on what's priority right now unapologetically. Like I don't have to feel bad about guarding my heart or guarding my mind or, or really taking care of my health. Like that's never something I have to feel bad about. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to respond well in life and I can't when I'm not caring for myself. Right. So I think to me that changed things. I'm like, Oh, actually like you're able to respond to that. That's not mine. Oh, what are you going to go do about that? So good. You know, when yes. people try to come and like give me more, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me direct you. Let me give you a course correction. Right. And God is so good with that too. It's like, when we're casting our cares, that's giving to God what is God's responsibility that's too big for us to handle, which is usually mm -hmm. timing and the how, right? When we're getting caught up in that, that's when we fall into anxiety. We're not supposed to know that right now. So give it over to God, let him work on that part. And you just do what you know to do. Mm -hmm. So good. Right? I love, so in helping people overcome self-sabotage, is this the first step is redefining responsibility? I think that the first step <laughs> is realizing that you're not God. Yeah. <laughs> right. And realizing so that you, good. Yes. Yeah. And like realizing yeah. that you need help and that you're not supposed to be, um, the chaos coordinator, the one that has it all together, the one that like fixes people's lives. Right. Like, I think there's a show that's called something like that, like fix my life. And like, nobody should be fixing your life. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. when you get to this place where you're like, kind of like my moment, like, okay, I I'm done trying to figure it out. Like I'm done trying to like keep taking these risks that aren't actually wisdom at this point. Like I, I'm done trying to like hold my whole world together. Right. Mm -hmm. I really want to have a life and enjoy it. Like I want to believe that that's possible for me, but I have no clue how to do that. I've never seen that. Yeah. Right. So I'm just crazy enough to believe that life doesn't have to be defined as overwhelmed stress, trauma, 
know what I mean? Like it actually could be something very different and I'm willing mm-hmm. to explore. I gave God a year. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. I, I negotiated with him. I'm like, I'll give you a year, <laughs> you know? But I think if you're willing to explore that, then what God will do is show you a completely different life and what life actually is, right? Mm-hmm. Have that now. Like if you could have abundant life now, what would that look like? We're not even trained to to look for it. So I think it's recognizing that you're miserable. Like be real honest about that. Like you are miserable. You are not in control of your life. And if people only knew that's the imposter syndrome, if people only knew how much is out of control in your life, you know what I mean? That would be really scary to Mm -hmm. have out there, you know? So I think when you can own that, then you're open to change Mm -hmm. because you really need two things. You need to be ready and you need to be willing to do what's required, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people might feel like they're ready for change, but they're not willing to do the work. So you've got to admit that and humble yourself, right? And then you can start stepping into the steps of what the work are. Well, I love that because I think so much of like the recognizing that you're not God and recognizing that we aren't actually in control of that. That's what primes us to be willing to like create change in our life in whatever area that is. And this is so funny. I love that you're saying all this because the work I do with women and overcoming what I call the body bully and how we talk to our body. The first step is like just accepting your body. Like we got to let go of the scale. We got to let go of the desire to control it. We have to let go of some of the rigidity we've had. And it's so interesting when I like invite women to do those things, they they don't like it. You know, they're like, and I remember when I was at that crossroad and saying like, Oh my gosh, I need to put the scale down. I need like, it's really scary, but I will say the one thing that helped me move past that was going, okay, I'm going to set this down. I'm going to set down this need to control or to be in, in it. And I'm going to trust God with it. Like I'm going to hand it over to God and that changes it. Then it's not quite as scary. Yeah. Well, I think in, in that journey and I know it intimately as well, But in that journey, it's like, you're not, it's accepting that you're not living and you're actually squandering your future and you're actually hurting, not just yourself, but everybody that you're connected to. And it's taking ownership of that. Um, I remember having a moment. So I was struggling with all sorts of eating disorder manifestations, all sorts of them. And this was in, I had gone to work at, I set up my own internship for myself in New York and it was at Fitness Magazine. I've arrived, right? Because they're like- taglines were mind, body, and spirit. I'm like, Oh yes. Like these are going to be my people. It was very, very crazy and very, very turbulent. It was, they were bombing the subways that were like beneath my building. Um, it was a very interesting season. There was workplace harassment happening. There was a merger happening. So all these people were getting fired. So I was in the middle of like real life and I felt completely unqualified for life. So it was doing like the opposite for me. Like I was seeing people like lose their mind. (laughs) I was seeing people not take care of their bodies at all and having no like spiritual foundation whatsoever. And I think during this time, like you're in a magazine culture. So all you're seeing is what you're supposed to look like, how you're supposed to show up. And I didn't have the, I wasn't bombarded with that, but the nature of that was there. Like my adoptive mother had my younger sister on, or my older sister on slim fast at a very Mm. young age. So like the diet culture was already there. Like you have to like be really particular about what you eat. You have to look some kind of way. You have to present yourself some kind of way. And that got exacerbated when I was in New York. Oh, so sure. back from that, my stepmom was demonstrating similar things. Like she would like picket food. She would, you know what I mean? Like there was all mm-hmm. sorts of weird behaviors. I'm like, oh, this is something that we have to like do. Right. Yeah. So 
similar to your journey. Like I would go to the gym. I was an athlete as well, but now I was going to the gym to punish myself or I was really weird about food, would eat, would not eat. It was very, very irregular. And I think I got to this place where I had this moment with my younger sister. I had come home from college and I remember we were sitting in a room. There was like a twin bed and another twin bed. And I was sitting on one looking at her and I was like, look, I don't want you to follow my example right now. Like, I can't tell you like why or what is happening. I know it's not permanent, but I haven't had the strength to break out of whatever's happening, but I Mm -hmm. don't want you to follow this. Right. Like do not follow this example. And I think it was such a humbling moment. Right. Because for so long, it was almost like I was a mother figure or an example of what was possible. Sure. Yeah. And I think there was a lot of, I was breaking perfectionism is what I was doing. She always saw my example of like, you know, this perfect example, I was called perfect page for a long time. Right. Ooh, that's a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Um, and and there's so much depth to how I had to show up in the world, even for my biological mom, like I was Mm -hmm. meant to like basically save a family. And I'm like, I just, I can't do that. You know? So at any rate, it was all manifesting in college. Cause this is when you're supposed to know, quote unquote, who you who are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what you're going to do in the world, how you're going to be successful. And I just kept encountering everything that was convincing me of why I would never be or what would it make sense. And now that I was at school, I was out of sight, out of mind with my family. So it's like, I'd lost my job. You know what I mean? That was, that yeah. had been my job for so long. And now I was forgotten. And now I had no clue how to survive in the world. And I wasn't prepared for it from what I was seeing. Mm-hmm. So this was like, just turning into like, I've got to control my life because it's yeah. wildly out of control and I couldn't. So I think to me, that moment with my sister and then also getting to a place where I was like, okay, I am, I don't like who I'm becoming. Like, I don't like how I'm spending my days. I don't like how this is consuming my mind. I don't like how this is stealing all of my time. I don't like mm-hmm. that. I don't feel creative and that somehow this is how I am choosing to show up. Like I actually feel really awful about that. But at the same time, I can't change it. Like Apostle Paul says this, like the things I want to do, I don't do with things that I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, I'm like, oh, thank God, somebody that's honest, right? But I think to me, I was like, God, like, help. Like, you see my heart. You see that I don't want to do this. You see that I don't want to live this way. I don't want to squander my life. And I have to believe that it's worth more, but you're going to have to help me with this, right? And he did, like, similar to your story. Like, he, it's something that I asked and he took it away immediately, like the the desire for those things, the thoughts for those things, like he removed that. And then he gave me a process to walk out. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was like, I know practically that God will just come in and deliver you instantly and then help you to do what you asked for. So I think that's really beautiful. But I think in the, in the journey, you've got to recognize like, Hey, I'm not just hurting me. I'm hurting other people. And my example isn't one worth following. And I don't feel good about that. How do I actually create an example of what's possible? How do I actually walk out freedom? How do I walk out wholeness? How do I walk out something different? Even if I hadn't yeah. seen it, my answer was God. Cause yeah. I'm like, how do you learn that? <laughs> yeah. Right? You haven't seen it. How the heck are you going to pioneer that? And God, right. Gives you supernatural Intel. He helps yeah. you live without limits that have been placed on you or that you placed on you, which is the sabotage part. Like you put so- all the limitations on you. Yeah, it's so good. I want to ask you, because I love how you're talking about this ownership of like, okay, if I'm living, whether it's like full eating disorder or just like the weird food stuff, like the food obsession, right? Like it impacts us all on a different level of the spectrum. But like at some point we do have to have this like, bring it to Jesus talk where it's like, all right, this is impacting how I show up in the world. 
I love what you said about the ownership. How do you get people to own that without going into what I call the shame box? Cause that shame box is something that is so it's like a little black vortex that pulls us in. And I think it's hard to get out of. Yeah. Forgiveness is the mm-hmm. answer, right? Like you've got to, um, cause a lot of times shame and, um, similar to like relationships, right? Like we, we resent people because we feel like they stole something from us. Right. Um, that they stole our time, they stole our resources, they stole our trust, they stole something. So we resent them instead of forgiving them. Right. And the same thing with ourselves. like all of this self-sabotage is we hate ourselves, We resent ourselves. We're not good enough. We're not worthy. If we could be a little more perfect, if we could be a little more, um, pleasing to all these people's standards and opinions, if we could be a little bit more, sensitive to to other people like we the limits to that are endless right but i think forgiveness of self comes from receiving god's love right when i receive god's love i start getting a picture i start getting an understanding of what wholeness is i start experiencing what real authentic love is and it's unconditional and then i realize that i have never filled myself with that I haven't given myself that. So it's, I forgive the part of me that thought I had to show up this way. Mm. I forgive the part of me that thought this is what life is about. I forgive the part of me that never loved myself and never affirmed her worth. Like I forgive the part of me that tolerated that level of dishonor and disrespect, which is only reflecting how much I've dishonored and disrespected myself. Like I forgive the part of me that thought I needed to do that, Mm. right? That, when you really do that from a genuine place, it releases the weight Mm -hmm. of shame and guilt, right? And you know that this guilt and shame that does not come from God, no condemnation comes from God. So that's what I mean by when you start experiencing his love, he's not condemning you. He's not punishing you. And if you want to continue to do that, you can, but that's not how he sees you. And when you start encountering love, you're like, oh, I don't have to do these things anymore because I was doing that to be loved. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I am, I don't have to pursue that stuff anymore. So when you actually get smacked (laughs) with real love, right? Like you get this overflow where you actually, and that's why humbling yourself is so important because you kind of release everything that you've been holding on to that's been in the way of that love getting in. So Mm -hmm. when love starts getting in, like you're reading the word of God in a practical way, you're worshiping God, you're hearing what he's singing over you. Like he's starting to bring good loving people into your life like you're seeing the love of god for real for real in your life you're like wow right and so then you start releasing things that aren't like that and part of that release is forgiveness and then when you really forgive yourself then what you can do is start really loving other people and seeing Mm -hmm. them in a very very different light because a really powerful prayer is praying for god one to break his heart for what breaks yours right god break my heart for what breaks yours and god help me to love like you Mm. dangerous. I promise you <laughs> you do that, right? Like he will give you plenty of opportunities to love the unlovable quote mm-hmm. unquote, or love the unlovely, mm-hmm. right. Or see it from his perspective or see it from his eyes. That doesn't mean like intimately walk with people, right. That are maybe in a mess, but that does mean to see them the way God does and keep harmony. Right. And keep mm-hmm. his heart. Like the ministry of reconciliation is all about that. Right. Yeah. So really, really powerful. But I would say that that's how you start letting go. You have to have a let go of holding all the things with yourself that you've been trying to fake, Mm -hmm. right? All the things that have been inauthentic or phony about you or done to 
gain something, you've got to actually release all of those things. And when you do, you're just down to the most pure part of you, which is love. And then you're like, oh, (laughs) well, I guess I can live different now when I don't have (laughs) all this stuff. Like I just freed up a whole lot of energy to start getting creative, to start actually building some dreams, to start actually contributing in a very different way Mm -hmm. when I'm not full of all this other stuff. Yeah. Oh, it changes everything. I love that. Everything. Yeah. The forgiveness piece is so huge. Cause I, I, I do think what you're saying is so powerful. Like we have to, we have to humble ourselves. We have to see the weight of our impact in the world. Cause we, we have an impact, you know, no matter what you believe about yourself, you have an impact on those around you. And when we can get humble about that and take ownership and receive that love and forgiveness, there it's an undeniable ripple effect. And I love the dangerous prayer, (laughs) break my heart for what breaks yours and (laughs) help me love. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It just makes me think of my son. We always say the prayer. Like, um, when I tuck him in bed, my baby, he's got, he's such an empath and a really big heart. And we always pray like, God, please help. Um, his name's Ronan. Please help Ronan to love his classroom the way you love him. And that's one of our standard prayers. But then he comes home the other day and he's something was going on with a kid in his classroom. And he's like, I think we need to, he needs to come live with us. And, you know, he's like, got this. And I'm going, <laughs> so it is a little dangerous sometimes. You got to be ready for what God's going to open. <laughs> but I'm so, here for it. I'm so here for it. He didn't actually need a home. The kid did not actually need a home. But yeah. I thought it was cute, his heart and how, yeah. how big it was. So good. So good. Well, Juliana, I have loved hearing how you go deep on this. Like it's not just these quick tips. It's like getting deep to the heart of it, which I so appreciate because I know when I'm working with folks on food stuff, one of the things I wish I could like package and piece of candy and hand everyone is that like, when you hit on food stuff, it's, it's normal to cry because hands down when I get someone one-on-one, like they start crying and they always say, I'm sorry. And I, I wanted to say like, no, it's, you're not alone. Like this is, this is hard stuff. And what I like about what you're saying is you're kind of skipping the like surface level stuff and say like, no, oh, yeah. we're going to get to the deep heart issue here. And in what I would say in that piece of candy that I pass out to everyone is like, it's a good thing that you're crying when we hit on some of this stuff, because it means we're hitting it deep, but we're going to tackle it with something deep. So I'm so glad you were here to share your wisdom with us and some of your story. It's just, it's so powerful. I love what you're saying too. Like I'm, I'm hearing this is freedom for somebody. Right. But like when you cry one, it's because out of the heart flow, all the issues mm-hmm. of life and your emotions expose what's happening in your heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times with food, we are using food as a crutch to not feel. Absolutely. Okay? So when you're having these safe moments with people, it's like you're, you're given this permission to feel what you've been running from your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's emotional, right? Cause yeah. it's starting like you realize you can't run anymore and it's time to start healing. It's time to start releasing. It's time to start actually getting honest about what's happening in your heart so that you can live free. You can live in wholeness, right? You can have yeah. a totally different life experience. So well, I, think I think it's so powerful that you said that. Thank you. And I, yeah. I love that you said the forgiveness piece, because I'm just like seeing, you know, those people in those spaces. And I know yeah. when I was there too, at that turning point, I needed to say like, it's okay that you haven't done it perfect. And this is where my faith has was so powerful in my journey. Cause I believe nothing is wasted with God yeah. and like he can redeem any of it. So like the woman who 
you know, maybe she hasn't taken care of her body in the last 10 years because she's been busy raising babies and she's mad that it's changed. It's like, even then we can, there's forgiveness and like the whole story of God's love is healing and overcoming some of those and nothing is wasted. So he's not going for perfection. He's going Mm -hmm. for excellence. So I think Mm -hmm. you just start asking that question and being honest with yourself about that. Like, am I being excellent? You'll probably Mm, know, right? Like you'll know if you're lying to yourself, you're going to be like, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's not noble, praiseworthy, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not excellent. And I think when you start leaning into that as your new marker, right? You start actually showing up differently. I love that. Am I being perfect? Am I trying to be perfect or am I trying to be excellent here? So good. Oh, so good. Okay. I always like to wrap up with this question, Juliana, because it's the Fuel Her Awesome show. How do you like to fuel your awesome, either literally or figuratively speaking? Ooh, I love fueling my awesome practical. I'm like definitely practical, spiritual type gal. So I like fueling myself with the word of God because that has power in it. So when I'm feeling disempowered, I know what I'm missing, right? So I love fueling myself practically with truth. But when I read the truth, it's not like you have to read the Bible in a year (laughs) or like follow a certain plan. It's like, I'm just actively every day sowing the word of God into my heart. Like it's almost like you have this, bank that you're stacking so that when you need it most it's there and holy spirit can bring it out and you can start speaking to the mountains in your life all of that but i'm looking for word that i can live now so in that season for example where i was like oh i don't know what love is guess my new assignment go learn about love like read Mm -hmm. everything in the scripture about love right and even get a devotional to supplement that to really make Mm -hmm. sure that you have understanding and meaning to it so you can actually go start living that now Mm -hmm. right so I am very big on putting that into my life. I also um, have this knack for creating hobbies or or doing things that are pulling me out of my comfort zone. So I love creating a list of like the most random thing to do and then scheduling that into my life. And that actually has turned into me building community, right? So like the girl that didn't come from a home creates that for people. It's really interesting how God works, like- right? What's the random, what's the most recent random? Oh, well, I'll give you like some fun ones. So when I first moved, I'm in Texas, I'm in Austin, right? So when I first moved here, um, I started doing the most random things. I'm like, I'm going to go. And I wasn't like fully walking with God when I first moved here. So some of these might be interesting for folks, but I went and cleaned a yoga studio because then you could do free yoga. <laughs> right. I was like, that makes sense. And then I met a lot of cool humans there. Then I um, had my office in a building that sort of, downtown on the east side and there was a dj school above my office and i was like oh yeah like i'm gonna go learn how to dj so i wouldn't like learn how to <laughs> that's play. awesome that was a really fun thing um just random things i will go learn how to you know make pottery or take photos or whatever it happens to be i did all sorts of groups in that time just to meet people and be used to being around people and seeing how i would show up in space cool. that might make me uncomfortable so i keep doing that um I went to most recently, I went to a conference and they had this posh picnic. I don't know if you've seen these. I thought they were only in like beach communities. You know what I mean? Where you like have this whole epic picnic set up on a beach and it's like a cute little thing that you can go do. Well, there's this lady that is a company that turned into a big thing during the pandemic. People were like tired of being in their house. (laughs) So I was talking to this girl and like you could put, you were given tickets at this conference. So I was talking to this girl and I had like a little bag where you could put the tickets in to win stuff. And I'm like, I'm going to win this picnic. And she's like, you're a weirdo. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I'm going to win the picnic. Right. 
total stranger, right? Just talking to her, getting to know her. They announced from stage who won the picnic and it was me. <laughs> and she's like sitting behind me and she's like, who are you? Like, that's actually really crazy. But I believe whenever you receive something to pay it forward. So I literally walked out this whole really hilarious journey. I met somebody who was writing a book on like the two hour cocktail party, which is basically how you network and host events. Met uh-huh. this person, they gave me their book for free, right? I won this thing, met this human, got in touch with a cool venue down the street and asked to like have that space or like how much it would cost to have that space. We were their last event at that space. Oh, Brought cool. me in as many women as I could just to have like an epic picnic, almost like a Alice in Wonders on Alice in Wonderland, like long table type thing. I love it. Brought in friends and allowed them to like deploy their gifts. So we had a lady that's a chef come in and we have, you know what I mean? Like it was just a really crazy thing. And I was just, for me, that would be the most uncomfortable thing for me to do. But it was a stack of a lot of uncomfortable things to the point where people were like, when's your next one? I'm like, no, 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 this is not a thing. Like that was it. But that kind of stuff, like what can I do that could turn into something that other people might need to or might help me live in adventure or risk-taking as a normal. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm like, when is this next event? (laughs) Let us know. I want to come to this epic picnic. (laughs) With the community called Courage Co that I run, we do have a component of it that's for local folks. So anybody in Texas, we've been meeting in San Antonio, in Austin. We just did something in Houston, but we're just inviting people to do things together. Like people were bummed because we jam packed their weekend. They wanted to go to the museum of ice cream. (laughs) Like we can't put it all in one, but we'll do it next time. So what I have found is there's so many, let me use the word orphans, but people that don't really have family, they don't really Mm -hmm. have home. And then when you can just step out, even if you didn't come from that and just say me too, and create a space for people to get together, you have no idea what God will do. Like Mm -hmm. people have been walking through grief, through losing loved ones, through really Mm -hmm. needing community and God has brought it together just by wanting to do life together. So I think it's fun. Like we find ways, the whole point is do life together and bring life to each other. That's the whole premise. And then we just- we were hanging out at pools. There's like resort paths. So you can go hang out at a pool at a hotel in the summer. And we're like, let's go do that. And so we just tell people we're going and they can show up. That's and it turns awesome. into like fellowship and fun, right? So yeah. Very cool. Oh, well, okay. So if we want to come to these, if we're ever in Texas <laughs> and of all the things and all the ways you're serving people, where can people find you and connect with you and learn more about yeah. what you're doing? Yes. So um, a great spot is julianapage.com. That'll have everything on there that you can kind of like link out to and where we hang out and do a lot of community is courage co so it's www.courageco.org that has the free community with prayer calls and small groups that has a mastermind that we do a vip mastermind there's a life coaching certification in there so if you're really called to be a spiritual life coach that is in there as well there's a lot of a lot of journeys that you can go based on where you're at in your journey Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to share everything in the notes below, but it has been such a treat to talk with you today, Juliana Page. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. 
Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.